evening, everybody. It's Megan's Megacan coming to you from a really quite grey and rainy November Berlin, late November day. Um, but we're here and we have news for you. Well, I don't. I know nothing. I'm exhausted. Um, and I've just been to the post office, which has obviously put me in a terrible humour. Yeah. But lovely Conrad Varner is here with some news, hopefully. Hello. Hi. How are you? Um, okay. Yeah. How's yeah. your day been? It's, I mean, it's wet outside, isn't it? It's annoying. What's well, annoying? It's bit. shit outside. Yeah. I'd like someone to explain the point of late November to me. I don't mind it being cold and dry. You know, like that. Yeah. Kind of dry. That's quite nice. This is nonsense. But this sort of cold rain is just um... a cold November rain. To to quote the Guns and Roses, I think. <laughs> yeah. I believe they composed that one. Luckily for us, particularly because I've managed to make a Guns N' Roses reference like two minutes into this, we are, and you were so excited when I got the mic <laughs> in my handbag, we're back on the mega cans, everyone! Yeah, we're back on Yay. abusing So alcohol. I have finished having a little break with booze. If you're thinking about doing it, you should totally do it. It's not as hard as you think it's going to be. Well, which ones have you got? So, well, I basically, because we've had such a break, I thought I'd go with some, some favourites of ours, fancier versions than, than the usual. So we have a gin and tonic and a whiskey and cola. Uh No, whiskey and ginger. Oh, yeah. Because that, you like the ginger ones, don't you? I do like the ginger ones. But this is a Johnny Walker and ginger. Oh, the best, the breakfast of champions. I'm waggling my eyebrows (laughs) for fanciness here. And I have a Bombay dry and tonic. The Gordon's Mega Can is utterly delicious, but the Bombay one is also good. And it's so fancy, it's got a picture of Queen Victoria on it. Because she was obviously once the Empress of India. She was. Which is where Bombay is, I believe. Well, (laughs) Bombay is a colonial... Yeah, shouldn't really. I mean, they should change the name of it, really. They should, but Um, I mean... This is a mega can, for God's sakes. But yes, Bombay Tonic should change it. But then it is kind of playing on that whole, like, colonial nonsense. Gin and tonics, I have to say, are the one thing about, you know, the empire that I probably am on board with. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I hadn't said that. I'm really tired. Okay. There is your Johnny and Ginger. Are we ready for this? Yeah, very excited. Oh, God. It's just so exciting. (laughs) Right, what's mine? Oh, God, I've got a whole spiel about the master of botanicals, Ivano Tonuti, travelling the world. What? What are you talking about? I've got a whole spiel on the back of mine. It's the blurb. Reading (laughs) the blurb of my gin and tonic. It's like an epic story on the back of the can. Mm -hmm. It's still not for pregnant people, though. That's not changed about booze since. No. Right. Uh, Good. Smells good. Is that nice? That's delicious. <laughs> Do you know where else there will be mega cans? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, everyone between or otherwise, are we've just got confirmation that there will be at our show Saturday, December the seventh, eleven PM, Comedy Cafe Berlin. There will be actual mega cans. Yeah. Real life cans available for you for the, to purchase so you no longer have to listen to this and imagine drinking a mega can you can actually i like to think that people have been sitting down with a mega can 
That's what I'd be doing if I was listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do. Even when you're not listening. Why would I think it's lovely that anyone listens? And we're delighted that we do. And we really want to see you at um, the Comedy Cafe. Well, I'm excited because we've got very special guests on. I know. We've got Sofia Diogo Mateos. We had her before, didn't we, on our show? She was amazing. She's very clever and um, an expert in all things to do with the EU, basically. She was just like... She really is. We've also got um, Carl Clancy. Carl. Yeah. Uh, To give him his official name. Yes. Who we had on the show last week. Yeah. And we've got um, a very funny comedian and improviser. I'm very excited to have Carl on. He's very quick on the stage yeah. I don't think we'll be able to keep up no I'm a bit worried about that as well I'm yeah, basically anxious because I'm going to look like an idiot and I'm going to be drunk it'll be fine but it only won't matter if you're drunk <laughs> and also we've got uh, my brother Sebastian Yay! Knight <laughs> I I am so excited <laughs> I am almost beside myself with excitement to have Bastion on yeah it's quite uh, difficult to get him out I should say in I, these things and guys, um, like, I'm quite you know because he's no like, he, word of a lie it is quite a treat how would you describe your brother taciturn northerner I wouldn't say he's very gregarious and he's very funny but he is also you're not entirely sure if he's ever really enjoying himself that yes if what he's saying is serious or the opposite or what he's going to say next all in all, it's a stellar lineup. It's a stellar lineup, and we've only and got one if... other special guest that we haven't even confirmed yet, which will make it even more stellar. That's next week. There's so much to talk about this week. Yay! What have you read in the German news this week? Well, if by read in the German news you mean got told to you at a Christmas market by your friend Stephanie when you were drinking Glühwein together, <laughs> yes, that's then... what I mean. And this it sounds awful because crime is bad, but I think this is the kind of story that we can get a little bit of festive, not festive cheer. That sounds awful, but compared to the usual like crime and horror that we deal with on the show, yeah. this is quite good. Well, it's it's a bit more kind of Agatha Christie type of crime, isn't it? So it's, like, it's, it's like a nice. Is it Agatha Christie crime. or it's like? Sherlock or something. There was a jewel heist. A jewel heist. A real life jewel heist, ladies and gentlemen. In Dresden, in the Grünes Gewölbe, the the green vault of an old of the old castle. In German, Gewölbe. Gewölbe. Yeah, in Dresden's royal palace. Uh, Dresden is obviously the capital of Saxony. And it used to be a great, a great kingdom, Saxony. Very beautiful. And I would suggest yeah. two years ago, we went on our Christmas market visit there. Really enjoyed it. And you might want to go. They've had a tough time. Go and give them their support this festive season by going yeah. and visiting their Christmas market. And the reason why it's so beautiful is because it, in back in the day, in the sort of 18th, 19th century, 17th and 18th century especially, <laughs> it was very rich. And they used to get a load of Italian type architects to come and build all the buildings. So that's why it's so beautiful there. And what I also got was a load of um, top-notch jewellery. Well. (laughs) Which is now, (laughs) is no longer there. Using the past tense. Because four four men broke in, bashed open the glass cases and took 
17 items of jewellery that have, that have immeasurable worth, including yes. a small diamond encrusted sword and a necklace strung with 177 pearls. That is enough pearls to be getting on with, yeah. I'd say. 177. And a large diamond of 49 carats, which um, is said to be worth 9 million pounds. So about... What's that? 11, 12 million euros. Now, I, before we talk about the kind of worth of these things and what's going to happen to them. Yeah. Now, I'm imagining a kind of like Mission Impossible, high tech, like coming in on those little things that drop you down and then you have to dance around the lasers. How did these lads, these four lads, how did they do it? I think they have sort of had a, um, they used an axe was the main thing. They had. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> they they got an axe into this um, Grunus Gewölbe and like just hacked away at this glass window. I'm watching it now. They're sort of just hacking away at this window. Oh, so this is the CCTV. Oh yeah. my god, we're actually seeing it. Yeah, you can watch. Can we them. put this link in the? It takes them ages. Like you can watch it. I mean, it takes them ages to get it in. Yeah, then then they made off with this, including this sword. They have no clues. There's a five hundred thousand euro reward out on them so if you know anything and you want 500,000 euros no I uh, figure like 500,000 euros those lads have got all that stuff I'm just going to ask them for that in exchange for not oh you're going to blackmail them yeah to be clear I have no knowledge of this jewel heist (laughs) it's just dangerous though they just hacked in a window like for reals what they did they set off a fire an electrical panel near the museum in the early hours of Monday morning, deactivating right. its alarm. Well, that's as clever. As well as the seat street lighting. Right, that is clever. Uh, despite but it is the just fire and axe. Like, this is old time. I'm yeah. loving this. This has got, like, Guy Fawkes, kind of that sort of era. Same era as yeah. the jewellery, really. They, the, men, they, the police believe that four men were involved and they fled in an Audi A6, which has been recovered. So they found the car. Right, but other than that, no... No trace of them. And no trace. There is talk that it was that the um, organised crime uh, families of Berlin are involved. Right. You know, there's always talk of that. They always are involved. Probably. They probably are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the so-called Lebanese clans. The, the reason, One of the reasons why they think the Berlin gangs are involved is because this is the type of thing they do. Because uh, in 2017... They stole a 100 kilogram, 24 carat giant gold coin from Canada that was in the <gasps> Berlin Border Museum. Yes. And that was the uh, clan. So it was a similar type of heist. And they, in that one, they just used a stepladder and a wheelbarrow. They literally just put like a wheelbarrow, left it outside the museum. The Border Museum, you know where it is. It's in, on the museum's insel. Mm-hmm. And um, that's brilliant. They just climbed up on a stepladder, smashed the window. And then, like, they passed it out the window and then made off in a wheelbarrow, with a wheelbarrow. Brilliant. Um, I I know, I'm sorry. I I feel like I should be condemning this. um, But, right, what is quite bad? Because what do you think is going to happen to all this, like, amazing historical artefacts, this sword and the the jewellery and stuff, which has got immeasurable worth, not just presumably in terms of all the pearls and diamonds and stuff, but also historical significance. It's, like, old... Yeah, 
Um, it's important. Is it historically? Are we talking like crime jewels here? What? I mean, it's important for the state of Saxony, probably. Yeah. Um, what will probably happen? What they say will probably happen is that they will they like that they will like smooth down the diamonds so you can't recognize them. So they're mm. like a different shape, and then sell them just sell them anywhere in the market. The gold coin was just cut up, and it's probably in Lebanon now. If we're being honest. Just in little pieces, and it was probably melted. But you don't know it's Lebanon, though, do you? <laughs> it's. I don't know it. No one really knows it, but that, that is what the police are assuming. And I know right. that no one is expecting to find this gold coin. I know that. Okay. It's not in one piece anymore. It was just sawn up. It was about like half a meter wide. It's a big coin. Big enough, but yeah. still small enough to fit in a wheelbarrow. Okay. It's a hundred um, kilos. Right. Do we think maybe just some, like, quite dodgy people are going to get some very nice festive presents or gifts? Do you think if we go to certain bars in certain parts of the city, we will see, like, people wearing fur coats who don't normally wear fur coats? Well, I don't know, but now that's all I want to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where we would go or any of these things. If anyone knows, let, let us know, maybe. I, I don't know, but I can't. Yeah. I feel bad, and I'm really sorry for Dresden. And what I, I I do urge people to go and visit their beautiful town, yeah, and be like show solidarity. There is stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff left behind. You can still. It's not like it's not like if you go there, there's nothing left. Like, right. <laughs> they haven't taken all of the jewels no. from the the thing. For example, so go and see the other ones. Maybe make like a big fuss in front of the people that are worked there. Just be like, oh well, I think I mean at least they left. The best ones. The diamond encrusted shoe buckles have been left behind. Well, and- thank God. <laughs> and- <laughs> that actually sounds awesome. Another diamond studded sword is also still there. I've forgotten There's the drunk part see. of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was a big heist. And uh, I mean, I-, I think the jewels aren't the best thing. I mean, there's loads of art there you can go and look at, which is much better. Also, the Christmas markets, honestly, are some of the best I've been to. They're lovely. Right. So just go, if you go to Dresden... There's so many lovely ones. There's go, like a weird medieval one where they do like fire shows, things like that. Go to a fancy art gallery and then yeah. go and have a glue vine. Many glue vines. And... Have some Stollen. That's also traditional in Dresden. Do you? I'm I not keen on Stollen. Too many raisins. People who don't... Like adults who don't like raisins... <laughs> I do judge... Do you? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, okay, so I find that crime slightly not... Uh, no, I'm not going to... It's not amusing, and I'm sure lots of people are in lots of trouble, and it's just awful. But in this age of, like, high-tech, horrible... Well, yeah, it's not as bad as, like... government collusion in, like, dirty arms deals and all of this. Yeah, or, like, the Panama Papers or something. It's sympathetic that sometimes... It's almost, like, comforting that... Some people would just be sitting around going, here, if we light that fire and this axe, and they've been planning it for ages, and they're just like, we'll just go in there, bust out a bunch of diamonds. You're, you know, everyone needs diamonds and gold. Bring the wheelbarrow. Who knows if we need it? Also the Audi. <laughs> Other than that, we're pretty much done. I'm into it. It's very like Goldfinchy, if you've read that weird novel. No, I haven't. Speaking of crime... I've got another. I've got another crime for you. 
Right. And I have a horrible feeling, and this is something I am not proud of. There's watching Sherlock and reading Ag- and reading Sherlock and, and, and reading Agatha Christie and everything, and that's fine, and it's, it's good, clean fun. And then there is my weird obsession with true crime stories. <laughs> so. And when I say, like, I, all the podcasts, all the, oh, God. Picture the scene. Oh, God. It is a ship in the Caribbean in 1982. You could do this in an Australian accent to mimic <laughs> the truly horrific true crime podcast that I do listen to called Case File, if anyone's in the thing. Where it is just a very Australian accented man. No, I don't want to do an Australian accent. I will just offend our Australian listener. What happened was in 1982, a man on a boat killed two people in a fight, in a row. He was a member of the crew, it was a sailing ship (gasps) in the Caribbean, and there was some kind of altercation. And he shot and killed two people and severely injured one other person. He was convicted in 1983. Sorry, uh, do you have more details? He's a member of the crew. Were there other crew members? Yeah. Oh, the the people that he killed. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I don't know all the, the, the I don't know the, all the details. But what I do know is that this uh, crime was a big enough sensation at the time to be made into a book and into a TV movie, which was aired later, much later, in 2004. And the guy's name, the murderer's name, was reported in the newspapers. Nowadays, it's no longer allowed. If you report about a crime, you're not allowed to name either the suspects or the victims in their full names. You can say their first name and their first okay. initial. Anyway, so his name was, was printed. And in 1999, Der Spiegel magazine, the big German news magazine, uh, they placed all their old articles from their archive in, on the internet. Ah. He gets out of prison about in 2002 from after serving. He served like about 17 years or something. And in 2009, seven years later, he realized that his name was all over the internet. In 2009, he uh, Googled his own name and that was the first thing that came up. Well, I mean, that's a lesson we all know maybe not to do that because that's just a weird... So He definitely shouldn't have done that. And he started a basically a big campaign against the Spiegel, a legal campaign, went to all different kinds of courts um, to try and get his name deleted off the internet. Mm-hmm. The original decision was, no, you can't do that because this, is a, this was a big crime and uh, your name was, was like uh, tied up with this crime. It is the public's right to know about, to learn about the past. You know, there was, there was yeah. kind of the public freedom of information uh, kind of argument was made. Now, this week... The Constitutional Court, which is the highest court that Germany has, has decided that um, he is allowed to have that name deleted. And so he will no longer be connected with that crime, his full name. Um, that mm. happened like quite like 10 years later, 10 years of thing. And most people have welcomed this news. Like, okay. Most people, because the like, privacy lawyers, data privacy lawyers say this is really important. Um, because even if... Because he argued that it's no longer possible. The, the, the phrase they used was to develop his personality. Like he could no longer live in freedom uh, okay. after he served his time for doing the crime. Yeah. He could no longer uh, live a free life. Okay, because it, it's a little bit different than... Yeah, well, I guess it's just the internet, isn't it? Yeah. 
And the other thing was that it was so the Constitutional Court they wrote quite a long explanation about why this 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 sort of justification for their decision. And Reporters Without Borders and Press Freedom Associations also welcomed it because they said um, we really like the way that the ruling was worded because they said like, that in every each individual case like this has to be decided on a case by case basis. Basically, oh, okay. you have a right to be forgotten, and as the as as the sort of the length of the period of time goes by gets longer you have more and more of a right and okay up, but they the constitutional court said per case it should be decided exactly um to what extent the public interest is in you know the public still has an interest in learning about all the details okay and in what cases it's not all right. and uh and reporters without borders put out a statement and they said that um this is like a long overdue clarification that does not fundamentally put the protection of personal rights above the basic right to press freedom. Mm. And it also means that it, they, they were worried about uh, news magazines and news outlets having to go like go through their whole archive and start deleting people's names out of things just, mm-hmm. just in case they were going to get sued. And that is not what the court said. The court said in every single um, case... If there is a complaint... So you would have to... The onus would be on the person involved. Yes. They would have to go, here, I want my name off the internet. Yeah. And then they have to go to court and they're like... Yeah. And that was like a really important thing for the for the press freedom, like NGOs and whatever. Okay. So that's that. Well, that's, um, that's good. So that is my, it was mainly like it, it was like everyone seemed sort of like very, more or less happy with that uh, thing. They, they um, this is like being a big EU issue too, because um, earlier this year Google won uh, uh, like a victory against the European Court in the European Court of Justice, saying that because the EU has now has a law saying that also has a similar law saying that people are allowed to request that their names be deleted off the internet off Google search and um Google won a victory saying that only counts inside the EU <laughs> so it's a bit complicated okay but um the European courts had no couldn't couldn't argue against that said yeah we don't have any um jurisdiction outside the EU so what can we do okay um, but that was like a big, that was to do with like a French data watchdog case and stuff. Uh, so that's that. Well, that's good. So, yeah, I mean. That's I, interesting. I guess because like, Germany is like a big, a bit, have a bit of a thing about data privacy. You can still, there's some places on Google. Yeah. Um, what was it? Google Earth, which are, which are like fuzzy. Yes. You, have, you, can, you can apply to have your house made fuzzy. Yes, it's very interesting. I think the sort of German people are very wary about, um, not very, but like more so maybe than in other places or certainly places that I can speak of, of like Ireland and the UK and maybe like North America and stuff. More wary of how much people have on them and that kind of thing. Um, But no one ever seems to question the fact that you have to register your address here with yeah. basically like the authorities and the police every time you move within two weeks yeah like and you have to have an id card you're supposed to have an yeah. id card on you at all times it's mental 
And that would be his face strange. And it? Like, do they, do, they just put a lot of trust in like the German things and not in Google, which I'm not saying it's not a thing or like other internet whatevers. I've always thought that that was a bit strange. Yeah. Well, like, why have Google Maps fuzzy out your house? If, if, if the it, police no like how how do they think it's a good point i think that everyone has a different um uh, concept of what freedom <laughs> is and what privacy is yes every culture has a different concept of that's that. true very true and i do find that yeah because like I always think that about Americans because the Americans are always saying, oh, we, we have such a free society there. But, for example, drug laws are much more draconian in America mm-hmm. um, than they are in Europe. Also, if you get sick, but you... in America, you're allowed you to have die a if you're poor or you go bankrupt. Yeah. So they are just have a different idea. particularly free. But then they have this kind of... I keep saying, you know, because I've got some friends that are American and sort of I think share things on social media for the benefit of, of other Americans that I know that are like social and they're usually they're Americans living in Europe and it's like socialism is like not a dirty yeah. word and everyone's like Aah! like someday I'm gonna write like a a horror film and it's just called socialism I'm not sure what's gonna be in it but it's gonna gross massively as this horror thriller terrifying thing in the US and no, I know. That's like, my plan. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's it, it's really framed as this kind of very unfree thing, whereas I can imagine nothing less freeing than having to pay lots of money if I get sick. Yeah. What were we talking about? I'm really struggling to like pull it together <laughs> over here. I, uh, we were talking about I'm the so right sorry, to privacy. The, the, I am not. The right I mean, to be forgotten on the internet. The right, now, yes, and this idea of like everyone's okay. idea of of freedom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had and I had one other story. Oh. Other than the one that you told me, you were say, is it a bonus or is this? Yeah, there's, it's a bonus story. Well, I don't know if it's not that interesting, but it's interesting for me because I it's kind of I find it. Um, <laughs> Because what like one thing about Germany is right. <laughs> Let me tell you the thing about Germany. Yeah, one thing about like, everyone says Germany is like a great democracy, which it is. Like they have a great like like it's, it's got a very solid constitution. It does, and a very solid like um like, uh, definition of what your rights are, what the citizens' rights are. Um, you know, the first line of the German constitution. Do you know what it is? No, I should do though. Would you like it's, to quote um, it to me? Uh, the the dignity of human beings is is untouchable. Like that is the first what clause. I haven't Can translated you... it properly. Um, what is it in German? Um, the Würde. Oh, I shouldn't have just. Sorry. I shouldn't have started this sentence without. The Würde des Menschen is unantastbar. Unantastbar. Yeah, and that is like so. Anyway. Yeah. I've 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 started. Quite, this is a bit too much of a broad stroke. But the point I'm trying to make is that Germany... <laughs> I'm just like making really drunken like hand signals. <laughs> like It's really helpful. Encouraging like thumbs up, weird, creepy finger points. <laughs> it's like, yeah, cool. Oh, God. Um, right, so... Okay. Um, but they're a little... They're, they're like, for example... Um, 
last year, one of the most important NGOs in the world moved to Berlin from Budapest, the Open Society Foundation. Is that the Soros one? Yeah. They fund, they, I mean, it's not just, they, they, it's not just their own NGO, but they have like, they fund all these kind of um, like, like programs all over the world to kind of support the democratic values, right? Yeah. So they, and uh, in, they had a big problem in Hungary. Mm. They basically got shut down because of um, authoritarian rules, new rules brought in about NGOs. I think I just read today that Hungary has like withdrawn from the Eurovision. Because, not like it, it, it seems flippant, but yeah. what does the Eurovision stand for? Not yeah. anything to do with EU unity, but it's like LGBTQ plus stuff, and that is why they have. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a bit. Hungary has like a bit of a big problem with, especially with NGOs um, operating, and the, the rules that they got on them on was like if you if you're if you come from foreign country you have to declare all this foreign money and then it, it, it was a it was a bit of a problem anyway so open society moved out of budapest they wanted to go to like a more free country they found berlin they mm-hmm. moved to berlin last year and now uh the finance ministry of various authorities have started stripping uh the the tax the the charitable status of many charities and ngos did you tweet about this i tweeted about this twice which is a lot for me Good because God. because i am quite passionate about because people don't notice this stuff happening and one of the things so that happened because didn't you say something like they are stripping this because of them being too political Right, exactly. So the the tax offices of different countries, of different states in Germany, have decided, oh, um, if you make too a political uh, a statement that is too political, you cannot be a charity. And they did this specifically with this um, organization called uh, the uh, it's like a Holocaust Victims um, Memorial Organization, the VVN. Hang on, I've got to Google it quickly so I get the name right. I'm sorry, what? So it was called the Bund der Antifaschisten und uh, Faschistinnen und Antifaschisten (laughs) und Vereinigung der Verfolgten des Nazi-Regimes. And they were were an organisation, they were founded in 1947, right after the Second World War, um, by actual Holocaust victims and... Um, resistance fighters so like but the thing is like a lot of them were communists a lot of both the holocaust victims and a lot of the um, resistance fighters were hardcore communists in this time this was like a different time politically and they later as germany west germany developed they had a lot of uh, connections with the west german um, communist party Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, so they have that in their history fast forward to this week uh, or last week, the Berlin Tax Authority decided that because they are um, have these connections and they are often associated with the far left, with, they are anti-constitutional. They d- decided this based on um, a report in the Bavarian Verfassungsschutzbericht. So they appeared, they popped up in the 10, 2016 Bavarian Verfassungsschutzbericht saying this is a far left anti-constitutional organization so 
based on that, the Berlin Tax Authority... Just based on that? Yeah, the Berlin Tax Authority said, well, then you can't be charitable anymore. You can't be a charitable status. You're too political. Based on Bavaria being this... So the Verfassungsschutz is the people who are supposed to keep an eye on everyone, making sure that they're upholding the constitution. Yeah, they kind of... Bavaria is obviously a super, super conservative kind of thing so yeah. that was it like the berlin tax thing didn't launch their own investigation or didn't do anything no. they're just like no more no. charitable status for you yeah and you have to remember this is like the in in germany there are 17 um verfassungsschutz agencies there's one for each state and there's a federal oh, that's one a lot. none of them except for the one in bavaria had them on their list so based only on that and this is this comes it's on the back Berlin of, just want money yeah this was a kind of big because scandal this week. Yeah. Bavaria should give us some cash. We've got right. loads of cash. Um, <laughs> they do already. I don't think they like The reason it. why they made this... <laughs> <laughs> You're making me lose my thread it's here. It's Bavaria. It's the, it's the Johnny Walker we're forgetting we're drinking. Well, you've been drinking on the last ones. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so, so, this is, <laughs> this is what's really interesting. Mm. This has all become about because there was a court decision... Earlier this year, against Attack, have you heard of Attack? It's a kind of campaign group, and they're anti-globalization, uh, anti, uh, anti-inequality. Okay. They're sort of anti-capitalist, yeah. Okay. So they're a campaign group. They do a lot of the online petitions and stuff. And there's another one called Campact, okay. which does a lot of climate-type petitions. And they have also this year both lost their charitable status because they are what the the finance authorities have said oh, you are interfering in day-to-day political decisions. Mm-hmm. And that is not what a charity should do. A charity should, like, um, support sports clubs or do, like, um, support disabled people. They should be, like, not political. This is... And the fact well, that who this... Who to decide what is political and what's not political? Well, exactly. Exactly. You've put your finger on it. I what is political on it? drunken mega-hand <laughs> finger. <laughs> So what has happened is that because of that decision with attack, um, a lot of the finance authorities now think, oh, we can get a bit more money. So we're going to um, we're going to like change the charitable status of these things. And this is like really having an effect on how um, NGOs and charities and what we call civil society organizations yeah. are behaving. Because now if you, for example, if you were had like a like a, a like a I don't know, a badminton club that was supporting badminton. That is one of the things you can get charitable status for, you know? Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I'm not arguing with that. But then, say there's, in your town where you are, there's like an anti-racism march going on. Yeah. Or a petition. And you want to say, yeah, we we are against racism. We would like to sign that petition. What, would those, would that charity then think twice about signing that petition or joining that march if they thought they might lose their charitable status over it? So... The finance ministry is in talks with Attack and Campact and with other um, organisations that are. This a bit is one political. of these things that people will be like, "That doesn't make any sense," or like, "It's not, a, it's not a big grabbing headline," but that no. is actually quite serious. That is, that is very serious because this is exactly what um, regimes or governments like yeah. Hungary and Russia are doing to NGOs. This is exactly they're trying to make them less political. They're trying to like narrow down exactly what they can and can't say in the public sphere and this is why like um like i'm not comparing because germany is not like russia definitely not because it's um because there is a dialogue going on there is a, a debate about this yeah but the fact that these decisions are being made 
in um, by local tax authorities is like a worrying sign and there needs to be some kind of clarity. And at the moment, the solution of the finance ministry is to create a new category of charity called a political I corporation. Category, certainly. <laughs> yeah. I just remember yeah. I'm in the wrong one and I need to shift. But yes, okay. They said, or oh, we should make a new uh, category for a political charity. Right? So they come up with this political right. corporation. But hold on one hot second. How do you then categorize what is a political charity? Like, organizations are either run for a cause or a profit. And presumably the, the, the charitable status comes from the like, they're raising money to, to, to do other stuff with other than to make profit. Yeah. Right. So, like, you, you mentioned kind of like disabled people and obviously charities who do incredible work in, in those areas. But that is also a political, like, that is political. Right. There's, you, what like there is. thinking that 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 to say you know at, at what point do you go okay no now you're political so you have to change you're you're too yeah. political you have to change tax brackets so you can raise money for for wheelchairs but um or for um uh, respite care but you can't raise money to organise a march to get legislation changed around disability benefits. For example, yeah, if you're targeting um, a specific... This is the problem. There's no real legal uh, definition. But the if you're, like, targeting a specific politician and saying you have to change... You're saying going to a minister and you're saying you have to change this decision, this is wrong, that could be interpreted as being interfering in day-to-day political debate. Well, why can't they? Well, that's a dumb rule. Yeah, well... Yeah, so there's like they're trying to. That is the finance ministry's um, sudden like this is their current um, right compromise, so and the charities are really against it. Be a bit devil's advocate here. What? Because there's obviously a huge spectrum of of these like NGOs and stuff and charities. What about the ones that are on the right? Do we let them have at it as well under our current thinking? Like you and I saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well. It depends. Like Pegida, right Pegida, what charities? <laughs> Pegida could be a, is a is a, a, a probably a, like an NGO. Yeah, I don't know. And I think Pegida is a club. I don't think or a fine. It's a fine. <laughs> it's a fine. <laughs> but they don't have like a. They have like a probably have a budget and a and like a a board of members. So they would have, but. I don't. I yeah. That that would be an but issue. Then do, but then does it have to be along like political ends, or does it just like? Then go back to the constitution and you look at things like, are these democratic or not? Um, yeah, yeah. Are they Which democratic means like, or not? is Pegida super democratic? No, because they're breaking that rule of like, the dignity of, of all human life is, what's it called? Un, what's it, untouchable? I'm going to quickly Google the English, the, the official English translation of the first article of the German constitution and then we will not have to correct it next week oh talking about I have to correct something oh anyway, Jesus anyway we've already been going on too long we have we've um, still got more to talk about are we going to talk about more are we done no but um, I wanted to correct something because two weeks ago 
I said there are no mega cans in America, and I was corrected by an American listener. <gasps> Brilliant. He's actually just my friend, but he was incensed, and he took a photo of his uh, of the selection of mega cans in his gas what, station. Like, do they look like our mega cans, though? Um, he told me about this. Right. I'm not sure we said there are no mega cans. I specifically talked about Sparks. Who is this lad? <laughs> He's my mate, Christy. The Hi, point Christy. is, uh, he said, I, I said, it wasn't you, it was me. I said, now, there what no, definition I said there of only mega can drinks. is Christy working off of here? A cocktail in a can. No, it oh. has to be over a certain percentage. Right. Ah. Otherwise, it's okay. just a premixed cocktail in a can. For instance, UK versions of these are not mega cans because they're a paltry 5%. There I is, think they have to be around 8% plus. That is your definition. I didn't realise that was your actual definition. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they're called mega cans, even though they're the same size. Though. I think so. Okay. But 10 is really the optimum. <laughs> I don't get out of bed for less than 10. Right. So, but it, I thought you it, had to do like a... Something that you got wrong about the news. It was I had to correct the fact that I said that there were no mega cans in in America, which there are. There would, if uh, it's, it's a Christy dis- in America, could he money and then he can send us them? I would love that. Yeah. They're probably all bubblegum flavored and disgusting. Because <laughs> God knows what could happen to us. We're on those stupid EU regulations here. All they can give us is like ten percent booze. Well. The thing is, because it's America, every state has a different law about this. So it's kind of hard to say which... You have to say, like, Pennsylvania law is different from New York law or different from Are they different? Does federal law in Germany is... Like, what regulates alcohol? What are mega cans? Are they they federal or... No. What? I don't know what federal means anymore. Does that mean laws? Oh, God. Like national laws, yeah. But yes. I think that probably uh, they're probably regulated also state by state, but I don't know. I don't well, know. I, I can tell you where I've drunk mega cans. Hamburg has the same percentage. Yeah, you'd expect Hamburg to have it. They would. Right. I need to go and wise. They probably don't even have it. They're just too classy. Yeah. They'd be like, why are we get to you on a platter? That's what happens in various parts of A, a oh, large-breasted gosh. lady. A large-breasted lady and a dirndl, exactly. Would, um, I don't know. I uh, he I, I I I wanted to correct the fact there are there are cocktails in a can in America which have a fairly high alcohol content. Good. I I'm believe. sorry. I I I got very cross about that, or it sounded like I was cross. I'm not. I'm just I'm not sure we made that blanket. I don't know. Of all the facts to pick us up on. <laughs> but if Christy really, really please send us some American mega cans, that would be so, it would make me so happy. I mean, there's all this like, because the problem is like gas station spirit stores, liquor stores in America as well, aren't they? I don't know. It's it, I've not spent. Germany like is also kind of insane. <laughs> like, and Berlin in particular, like you can get... And this is the problem. I've been here for a total now of about seven years. And I would find it incredibly difficult to live somewhere that I wasn't able to go, just even on principle, I don't do it very often, go and buy booze at any time of day. Like, it's completely conceivable to do that here. Like, yeah. even putting yourself out that much. Yeah. 
That was my first impression of Germany was uh, I lived opposite a supermarket and every day I would look out of the window at 9am and there were loads of alcoholics waiting for the supermarket to open. They were just like sitting because they have um, very cheap, those cartons of red wine. I was in Spar, red wine, 89 cents. Yeah. I don't know if they still do it. They don't have Spars anymore, do they? No. Oh. You can, still get, you can still get beer How long first. Have we, surely, surely we need to do our final story. Oh, we finished. I mean, I don't have a final I was going to do the final story was going to be the one about uh, conscription, but I don't think we need to talk about that. Can we talk about it another time? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Well, we can do it now, quickly. Yeah. I can edit out. <laughs> just like We may need to do some editing. I've been particularly <laughs> ridiculous, so... <laughs> okay. Right. I'm so sorry. Germany. I'm so tired. Is thinking about bring, re, re, bringing back conscription. Weeping Jesus. Um, what the actual f- liberty gibbet? Well, when I say Germany, I should men- I should say I really mean the CDU, and when I say the CDU, I really mean the kind of grassroots CDU, not necessarily the leading politicians. But okay. the leading politicians are very much kind of trying to get back in touch with their grassroots, especially Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, the new leader uh, and defence minister and other ones. <laughs> and they say, like, at least we should have an open discussion about whether this should be CDU policy. About conscription? Yeah, about military, putting national service. 18-year-olds yeah. into some form of enforced something. Yeah. I mean... Right. It's different in different countries. I mean, they, you would in most in Germany is it was always that you could opt out. You know, you could do you could use um, what were they called civildienst instead, which meant you worked in an old people's home or. Something but there else. is still so I'm not suggesting that they're going to voluntarily. Yeah. Um. And and many students choose to do that after school. You can go and do like a volunteer like social year or a volunteer like. Um, yeah year where you go and work with kind of like animals and stuff like that yeah but it would be so not everyone's gonna have to go and do the army stuff but it is gonna be it would like no i mean it's it's nothing it's not probably not gonna happen because um you because it would be a constitutional change which would mean they they would need a two-thirds majority in the parliament which they will never get because the cdu is like less than why are they it's just this is coming up because the CDU want to get back in touch with their like base support base. Yeah, and also because the AFD supports this rule, and they would like to get some of their AFD vote. Everyone do national service. Why don't we bring back the Hitler Youth? Um, that... <laughs> do we have to edit that out? <laughs> no, no. That was that was great. But uh, like that, I. So this is what. Um, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer said to the Funke Media Group this week um, uh, something is in danger of being lost without which a society cannot continue forever for me the community within the population is the priority she's sort of like saying it's not about military service it's sort of about bringing the people together under this and, and, and sharing values and helping out and giving something back to society that's like how she framed it she didn't frame it as like oh we need more people to go out and you know kill people in afghanistan you know well, no, it's obviously be like- that's not they're gonna, they're gonna frame it but it, it 
yes, community should be valued and and all of this, but making 18-year-olds do something for a year is not massively going to change anything. They're no. 18. I know people who've done military service relatively recently, not in Germany, in Greece. And they just, right. it's like... It, yeah. I, they've never spoken to me about it in those terms. No. Well, that's the thing. And the, the, the thing is, the thing is, it, it's a bit of a trend in uh, Europe at the moment to yes, bring back Yes, what have we got in service. Germany? What have we got in Europe at the moment? We've got a swing to the right. Yeah. We've got, like, right-wing people going... Uh, community we need to bring but what they actually mean is like old-fashioned values where young people showing the value of like a hard day's labor and it's some people do need to learn these things and hopefully they do through the education system but other countries that have brought it back not full full do you want me to guess having abolished it they brought it back recently oh well, i wouldn't know when's which ones had it originally but who's uh-huh because uh in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And even there, though, it's not like every young person has to go. It's what is, There's like a selection process, a random selection process, and like a certain percentage of the young people have to go. That's worse! That's the Hunger Games! You've just described <laughs> the premise of the Hunger Games! Um, Sweden is the other one Sweden it's quite surprising oh I don't think it is that surprising (laughs) I think Sweden's coasting along on some kind of thing and they're actually quite racist so Sweden had it until 2010 (laughs) and brought it back in 2017 Hmm. Um, and enlists 4% of young men of the relevant age group um, every year men? yeah and women aren't included in that all in in Lithuania it's a whole different debate. Like that, that that would be really militarizing society. Like the the whole thing is like, yeah. I, so it's just men in it's, Sweden. It's, it's in it's almost always all just men. It's very rare to have women included in military service. Yeah, I think Israel has it. I don't it's know. Super old fashioned. I've said Israel something. Does. I don't know if it's true, but I think maybe. No, but that's. I'm sorry. What we're we're not. So not only is this, we're just we're we're not revising it. We're just going. Men, we are just training. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm even. What? Well, this I I spoke to a Lithuanian political commentator today, and he said that isn't they still are a bit. Um, the military has got quite has has taken over a little quite an authoritative voice, and amongst the military, they would like to conscript more women as well. And the and the media mainstream is like against including women, but um. They considered like slightly more extremists to include women in, in political in, in, in military service. Um, do you want to hear another one, or do you want to oh. react? <laughs> I've, I... <sighs> right, what's it on? France. Oh fucking hell! Um, your friend Emmanuel Macron reintroduced um, what is it's weird. He called it voluntary military service mm-hmm. this year with a view to making it more obligatory with... Um, it's interesting. Lithuania does not have a civilian option. Like you have to do military service. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't just do go and work in an okay. old people's home. 
France has a civilian option, which means that you can go and uh, old people's home or, or tend to a public park or something if you don't want to do it. Um, that they've kind of brought it back a little bit, like they want they haven't not for everyone, but is to um, have less of a burden on the regular France. They're really worried about terrorist attacks, and they want to have like a reserve force. No, so like, um, no, 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 absolutely not. This is ridiculous. Like, you have these fears, you have these issues. Gone are the days. Like, we've had the two world wars, particularly the First World War, where, to quote wherever this is, the, 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 the European powers just cannibalized their youth. They sent all of their young men to die. Hmm. Like we we like you you cannot do this. If you like Europe is getting like a little bit scary at the moment. Stuff is going to happen with with climate change and and shortage. Are you turning me? Are you turning me? Shall <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, I ah, oh. it's fine. Keep going. Um, we the rise we, of the we right. We do not look to our eighteen-year-olds. Because this is presumably what we're talking about, school leavers, 18, 19, maybe in Germany. We do not look to them as a recruitable solution to these political problems that we've caused. Like, we cannot do that anymore. It was the most disgusting, deplorable behavior 100 years ago. Hmm. And, and the thing is, 18-year-olds are really easily recruitable. They're not, like... They're, they're they're easily radicalized you 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 tell them all this stuff about whatever like this is this is not news this is how army recruitment works what, france is worried about terrorist organizations so they're gonna get a bunch of school leavers to like deal with that like what yeah yeah you're right yeah you're, yeah you're totally right because that is what the army does they always, um, in every country, they always target school leavers anyway, even if yeah, there's no conscription. I know, and it's gross. Um, no. Yeah, it's a bad idea. I don't think they mean that all the um, school leavers are going to go and ha- out and have to hunt terrorists. No, I know. but And I'm, I'm obviously not talking about the practicalities. I do understand that it's not going to be you sign up when you're 18 and then you're immediately out on the streets like protecting people from from terrorist attacks like i understand that it's more about the the ideology behind it i guess this idea of oh we've got some 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 issues uh maybe we could just like militarize all the 18 year olds that might be you know something we could do no no I'd like that taken off the table, please. Sort out your old problems. You got an issue with Russia? I understand Russia. Not that great. Don't really want to be neighbours with them, probably. Do I think someone who's just, like, worked hard for the Lithuanian equivalent of A-levels or the Abitur should be in that, like, debate? No. Not Hamlet. Good. I've got, oh, I so agree. Gross now. <laughs> when was the last time Ireland had military service? I don't know. Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> Cut that out of it. Uh, probably, um, have they ever? No. It was like a, they weren't going to militarise us. Anyway, when was it popular? To, In like the it, 18th and, no, the 19th, 20th century. Maybe, yeah, probably, yeah. It won't happen anytime soon in Germany. Like, it won't. It, it's really unlikely because they need a, it's a it's, But again, that's the thing. It's not even about the reality of what's happening. Yeah. It's about the ideology of, of this, which is to pander to this far right conservative idea that 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 the the youth and the the country and. All of this is something that we sacrifice in the name of nationalism. That is what it's boiling down to, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and it's patronising because it's like it's like saying you can't you, all the yeah. climate strikes and stuff. And I wonder I if they're looking at that, going, "Well, these oh god, how, oh god, that's terrifying." Let's put them in the army, which, as we covered last week, is probably quite far right. Got a bit of a neo-Nazi problem. <laughs> Maybe get them in there. Get, you know. A little bit of a Nazi problem in the old, <laughs> in the old Bundeswehr. Hey. Um, yeah, so there's that. That's it. That's all the news I have oh, for you. I'm so cross. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're still with us, which will be nothing short of, of her- an almost Advent miracle. It'll be heroic of you it to get through to here. So we did a lot of news there. I think we did quite well. That was good. I'm, yeah. More dual heists, please. Less, less nonsense right-wing ideology possibly making it into mainstream politics, please. That's That's my Christmas wish. It's a lovely note to end on. Thanks, everybody. Come next week for more of this. I will be probably less angry, shouty. Well, we'll see. I'm excited. It's going to be a roundup of the year. It's like a quiz format. You can play along in your seat. Yeah. See what you've learned from listening to all these shows. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully something. Imagine doing a Megan's Mega Can binge. Just listening to nothing else for for like a day. (laughs) Oh, God. Please don't do that. I don't think... I don't think it'd be healthy for you. I'm also worried that if you then did come to the show, you might sort of bludgeon me to death. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just arrives in a rage, having caught up like the last few episodes. Yeah, yeah. You have to catch up because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, you've just <laughs> shot up. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.